What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, reasonssports.com. All of our podcasts, Five on the Floor, but also Three Yards Per Carry on the Dolphins and NFL, Five Rings Canes. Ballscast, Light Skinned Opinion, Shula Bowl Podcast, and more. Also, check out our merchandise on the site. Entire month of May, 10% off if you spend 30 or more. So 10% off. Yes, there are delays. No, the delays are not as long as the NBA and NFL shops. So go to our store, check out everything there, our Heat stuff, our Tua stuff, and our Five Reasons stuff. And also our YouTube channel. We've got a couple of new YouTube shows some of you have been following Five Reasons to Drink. I apologize for that. But also the Friends of Five program uh, with Ryan and Matthew. That is now on there too. And they're interviewing writers from around the country. I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We've got a bunch of new sponsors. We obviously appreciate everybody who's helped us through COVID. We want you to support them. And these are all South Florida-based sponsors. They're all South Florida sports fans. That's how they found us. And one of them is you break it, we'll fix it. That's W-H-E-L-E, excuse me, W-H-E-E-L, fix it. It's you break it, we'll fix it, we'll repair and remanufacturing company. You're looking for powder coating for custom color changes on your wheels? You're tired of your wheels? You want to give your car a new and refreshed look by powder coating them a new color? Your wheels faded and scratched? Renew them with in-house wheel refinishing. You can also get your wheels just about any color you want. So you can do heat colors, hurricane colors, dolphin colors, just about anything. You can repair damaged wheels that are curbed, bent, or cracked. They're based in North Miami with 15 years of experience. They're right off Northeast 146th Street. The phone number, 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112. And again, the website is youbreakit wheelfixit.com or go to Instagram at you break it, we'll fix it. And they've got a special use the code five reasons wheels. That's five reasons wheels. You'll get 10% off on a four wheel repair or refinishing with that code. It's five reasons wheels. You break it. We'll fix it. And now today's episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on the five on the floor podcast. Make sure to check out all our pods from the previous week, including Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954, brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
Alex Toledo and I spent about an hour with Keith Askin. So check that out as part of our Heat Stories series. We've also done a bunch of stuff on the ESPN Top 74. Trying to get you through this, but there's actual news tonight. Like this was not the plan tonight, but there is actual news. I'm here with Alex Toledo. No Alf tonight. He was getting a haircut in the garage. Um, do you see that, Alex? He actually posted on. on no, no, <laughs> but I've been there before. <laughs> he got someone to take him. I got someone to take me up in Boca before uh, Broward opened. I went as, as basically as far as far south as I could go, Palmetto Park Road. I've been going to my barber's house over there in his backyard. It's, it's been tough. Yeah, it's well, yeah, but with you, look. You're still early 20s. Like, your hair doesn't grow in ridiculous directions like mine does at this stage. I cannot go three weeks without a haircut. It's not that I have too much hair. It's just that I have hair in some places and not in others. So I needed the haircut. So I, I, found, I found someone to give it to me last week. I feel better. But check out Alf's, uh, Alf's haircut. Of course, check out his podca- other podcast, Light Skin Opinions. But tonight... We're going to be joined by a guy who has been out front on this story. In fact, Alex, myself, and Alf were talking about his story about a month ago on Yahoo Sports. He's Keith Smith. You can follow him on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Before we get into that, I need more details when we're off air about this haircut stuff because mine <laughs> is uh, starting to look uh, pretty wild and out of control inside baseball. I asked Ethan if you guys did audio or video because <laughs> if you did video, I needed to put a hat on this head because it is uh, looking a little crazy. If you've seen any of us, you understand why we don't do video. Um, so that's <laughs> why that's why when you told me that, I was like, no, 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 Zoom audio. <laughs> that's all we're doing. We can't even handle the technical stuff on the audio side. We're not going to do it on the video side. But we radio do appreciate face, right? That's radio face. That's right. Yep. That's why I hosted Afternoon Drive. I had a, radio, I had a face for radio uh, as long as that lasted. Anyway, uh, so we want to talk about your story because we've been waiting for kind of like a break. Like I feel like with the NBA, it's, it's sort of like been like a running back behind the line of scrimmage who's kind of pinballing around and like Barry Sanders and all of a sudden, boom, there's a hole. And we've been waiting for that. And I've gone back and forth on this, Keith, um, just from the sources I've talked to, where depending on the day over the past two months, whether I talk to somebody inside the heat or talk to one of the player's agents or talk to a player or talk to a media person, I've been all over the place because I've talked to agents who basically told me that they've told their players, we're not playing this year. Don't even worry about it. We're trying to save next season. And then I talk to people inside the heat organization who are acting like they're playing in a month. Um, and so it's been all over and I haven't been able to follow it, but you wrote a story and a little bit of backstory here. You did work for Disney for a long time. Uh, you wrote a story for Yahoo about a month ago. Is that right? Yeah, it was April 16th that it published. Okay, so April 16th, you wrote a story, and we all talked about it on the air. But tell everybody what that story said, because that all sort of came to pass today. Sure, yeah. The the basis of the story was why Walt Disney World is the best site to host the NBA if they go to a single site idea. And I kind of put down a bunch of the reasons why uh, it that was the the case that went through those tried to detail without getting a super detail but tried to get into these are the you know, reasons that make sense for disney to be the place that hosts this compared to a lot of the other options that were being thrown out there at the time and alice when we discussed this uh alf kind of chimed in and, and one of the reasons we thought it was a good option and this was mentioned today is that it's secure and it's private Um, which is different than what we were looking at in Las Vegas, where it's neither of those two things. (laughs) Uh, But but Keith, I I guess your background here, when you were writing this piece a month ago, was this 
a suggestion you were making or was it based on inside information or was it a little bit of both? It was a little bit of both. It was more of a suggestion than any kind of inside information. Well, what, let, let me kind of give you the process that I went through. So but when the league shut down, I think we were all in the same place of, all right, this is a couple of weeks and then we'll be back at this. No big deal. When it became clear this was not going to be a couple of weeks, this was going to be a while, people started throwing out, well, we should have islands, you know, send everybody to an island and we'll play there or you'll bring in cruise ships and things. I was like, well, what are we doing? None of this is, you know, even reasonable. And then I started to hear a lot about, well, Las Vegas, you know, the hotels are empty, put them all in the hotels and you can then use the um, you know, facilities that they use for summer league over at UNLV and, and off you go. And that's, that'll be what we'll do. And the more I started thinking about it, I was, really I've been to summer league several years running and I was really thinking about you know Las Vegas is a is a real city people live there people work there you can't just shut it down you can't say you know can't go here can't go there I mean those are public right of ways and all of those things that are just going to cause all sorts of problems so so I started kind of noodling the idea of you know Disney makes a lot of sense I talked to my editor over at Yahoo who fortunately is very familiar with Disney as well and and we you know kind of went back and forth and he said all right you know start writing it up at that point I did reach out to some folks with Disney to say what do you guys think? And, and I also needed to fact check a few things because it had been a little bit since I had been at the sports complex um, where it would be the you know kind of hub for the basketball portion of this. So I, I went through, fact checked a couple. I checked it by a couple people in the NBA just to say, is this, you know, completely, you know, Looney Tunes idea here? That's not Disney. That's Warner Brothers, but whatever. Um, you know, <laughs> but is, is this idea, you know, completely crazy? And uh, the feedback I got was, no, and we're listening to everything right now. And then immediately it was get to writing and it went up the next morning and off we went. Uh, Keith, I have a question. So it seems like today it came out that they're, they're kind of aiming their, they're aiming their sights for July 1st. Why are they, first of all, I, we, we've been talking about this for a while now, but I never really understood the point of uh, having, trying to set a date. Like it, it feels like they've been trying to do this for a while and it's like everything feels so up in the air that it felt kind of useless to me. I think there's probably other factors that I'm not considering that maybe you would understand here as to why they're hurrying, the, not hurrying this up, but it, what, what is the point of trying to set a date? Why, why are they focusing on that so much? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things working from both ends of the calendar there. Let's let's start with the, the far end. Everything I've been told by everybody is, even though, though Adam Silver is not saying it directly, is that they want to be done right around Labor Day. They just don't want to run too much into the NFL season. And they're not going to come out and say that. But yeah. but I, I've heard that, you know, over and over and over again mm -hmm. from folks in the league who and folks with the NBA itself, not not teams, but the league office of, you know, yeah, that that's kind of out there. If we have to, we'll go past it. But that's kind of an end date. So you start to back up from there. The other piece on the front end of the timeline was I think they really had to wait to get a sense of getting enough players and teams back in their facilities to see what kind of shape are these guys in? Are these guys, do they need four to six weeks mm -hmm. to get ready? Do they need two to four weeks to get ready? And it seems like now with, I believe we're up to 19 teams back in their facilities and practicing. It sounds like the uh, attendance for those voluntary workouts has been really, really good. And it sounds like those guys are looking like they're in better shape than what was expected and they might not need as much time. So I think that allows you to start to really build out that calendar of, okay, so we're going to need this much time for a training camp. We're going to need this much time to get everybody to a single site. And then we're going to 
need to build out the schedule however we do it, whether that's regular season and then the playoffs or straight to the playoffs or some you know weird wacky combination in between there or whatever it looks like I think that's where you start to build out that timeline of we're looking you know sometime what I was told was in between July 4th in the middle of July is really tip off for the season to start back up again and then really still targeting to complete sometime right around Labor Day. All right. I want to get more into the logistics with you on that in a second. But before we do this, I, I want to get more into the factors on why they feel they need to return because that's the big thing here. I mean, a lot of people are just saying, just scrap it, right? Just scrap it. And I keep yeah. explaining that is probably the smart thing to do. Um, although I know that Adam Silver has this sort of altruistic mission of wanting to be one of the things that opens back up because they shut down and he wants to bring entertainment. And I'm a big Silver fan, and, and I kind of understand where he's coming from. But with that being said, uh, the big driver on this, from what I've heard, is TV. It's TV yeah. money. Um, right. And, and so, you know, my understanding, and tell me if these numbers are somewhat similar to what you heard, is that you're looking at almost a billion dollars of loss revenue from not having the playoffs. Um, that roughly 20 to 25% of all NBA revenue comes from the playoffs. Uh, additionally that the TV deals and I have some friends who are pretty high up in the TV world, the way the TV deals work, they have to get to 70 games uh, somehow or figure out some accommodation. You've got all of these, you're, you're already dealing with all, you know, the cutting the cord society where, you know, <laughs> ESPN, which is a major partner, which I know we're going to get into because that is Disney, uh, you know, <laughs> needs the games, <laughs> uh, you know, to satisfy, you know, sa satisfy their commitments and so all of this plays together. So how much of this in your view, and then I wanted to get to the logistics of the site, how, how much of this in your view is altruism? We want to be back. We want to entertain people. And how much of it is just money that that's where they're at right now? Uh, I'd say it's somewhere between 99 and 100% driven by money. I mean, <laughs> right. it, you know, I mean, that's just the reality of, of you know, the way the world works. Everything is driven by money. Is any different? You know, I talk to a bunch of different players all over the map on the pay scale. And, and the guys who are at the bottom of the pay scale, one of the guys I talked to said, this might be my only year in the league and I'm not making millions. I want every penny I can get out of this because I might be, you know, I might be out of the NBA next year. There's no guarantee I'm going to be here. And then I think one of the cool things about the NBA now is look at a guy like LeBron James, who has continually said, I'm not going to do less than max contracts because it's not fair. Because if I start doing it, then the owners would say, well, LeBron did it. Why shouldn't, you know, everybody else do it too. And, and I think that is a trickle down, um, caring effect for everybody to say, you know, Hey, we're oh, those of us at the top of the league have to try to lift everyone with us. And I think, I think that really is a real thing. Now I, I'm being obviously facetious and sarcastic when I say between 99 and hundred percent, I think that is the primary motivating factor, but I do know for a lot of the players and, you know, several of these teams, there's no warriors this year. There's no inevitable champion kind of looming over everyone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these players and teams felt like we can win this thing and they want to try to get at that to you know, really push forward and try to win that championship. So that is definitely a part of it. I just think, you know, all things being equal, money's always going to win out in the end. Okay, so another question I've had, you just mentioned that you know, you've spoken with different players from different pay scales, and something that I thought about, and I, I feel like I've seen kind of mumbled on Twitter, is that not all the players are going to want to come back and play, which feels like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think right now the consensus is that everybody, you know, the, 
the, the owners, the coaches, the players all want to come back because of the money, because of wanting to win the championship for all these different reasons. But what about the argument that the players for, on teams that are not really in the playoff race, maybe players from teams who, who just don't really have anything to play for, uh, have, you, have you heard any of that type of dissenting opinion? Or, no, we don't want to rush it back. Yeah, not not too much. I've heard a handful say like, "Well, you know, it doesn't make sense to bring us back. Does it? You know, we're so far out of it." I mean, Steve Kerr openly said, "You know, I don't even know if we should be a part of this. We're treating the season like it's over." But the vast majority of the players I've talked to have been a little more on the side of like, "I want to get back to some level of normalcy. I want, you know, I'm paid to play basketball. I want to play basketball, and I want to do that." And again, even those guys are, "Hey, if we all play." we all hit those 70 game markers like Ethan mentioned, which are, yeah. you know, that's a huge, you know, benchmark for the NBA is if you can hit that, you know, we all do better then. And that makes more sense for, for all of us. And that's something that that is important for those guys. And it's also funny, you know, when you just talk about, about, you know, do, are there players who don't want to come back and play there? There are definitely players. I'm sure I have not talked to any who have said, you know, I don't want to come back. You know, I just think this is wrong. I have talked to many who have said, well, if it's safe, if it makes sense, all those kind of things. And that's, you know, I think kind of clear in everybody's mind, but I've also talked, you know, when people say, well, now you're talking about taking them away from their families, you know, for months at a time. Well, I've talked to at least a couple of players, you know, who are feeling the same way. One put it very succinctly. I've been with my family now for a couple of months. I'm ready to get back to work. the same thing. Yeah, I've, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have a 10 year old who's pretty self-sufficient, but this, uh, this homeschooling and stuff, it's, you know, there's, I, I have an education degree. I didn't become a teacher for a reason. And, uh, and I don't really enjoy being one now. So, so I was there with that player who told me, you know, I'm ready to get back to work. So yeah, I think when you hear these things of, you know, they all want to play, I'm sure it's not exactly all, but I'm pretty sure it's, you know, well north of 80, 90% want to get back out on the floor. Yeah, we're here with Keith Smith. Um, the other thing to consider is school's out soon. Like, yeah. I mean, my daughter's done next week, uh, or two, two weeks with, with all of her, her homeschooling. And then, then the kids have nothing to do. And so, I, you know, if, if, you know, again, I love my daughter, but I know some who have three of the house, three, four of the house, and they're not used to it because NBA players, they're not used to being around their kids that much, to be honest. They're, and let's be honest, they're not used to being around their wives that much. Um, okay. I mean, there's going to be a line to the divorce court after this is over with. And so, because they're just meeting their spouses for the first time. And let's also be honest. A lot of these players like to get on the road for a variety of reasons. Um, and they haven't been able to do that either. So there's probably pressures that are involved there too. We won't get deeper into that, but with all of that stuff going on, I can imagine they want to play. I guess the question again is, you know, I understand the 70 game thing. I've talked about that a lot, but like if you're the Chicago Bulls, like you already hate your coach. Do you really, <laughs> do you really, do you really want to come back to play six games to tune somebody else up? I, you know, I, I, they'll do it. I'm sure I, they may not be happy about it. Let's get to the logistics of this um, and the site and what Alf was talking about, which is that if you've been to wide world of sports and I have, um, I hadn't been there in years until I went back two years ago and it was different than I remembered. I remember there being, Maybe I remembered it wrong, but I actually went there with my daughter because I thought there was going to be a lot for us to do, and there really wasn't because uh, it's really more of a complex for, uh, you know, for, for teams, for AAU teams, for high school teams around the country, for different events like that. Uh, but talk about the layout of it because if you've been out in that area, you know there are a ton of hotels. I mean, 
I've stayed at all of them, the Sports Hotel, Art of Animation. They're all over there somewhere. You actually reported something today about Coronado Springs, which is like the nicest of them. Now, what did you say? It's, it's, it's blacked out now, right, right now, basically? For yeah, the time if, period? You, if you go on the Walt Disney World site right now, you can basically book anything. Uh, the the or latest reservation they're allowing to be booked right now across the property is starting on July 9th. I think the latest date you can go through is July 23rd. And if you put in July 9th to the 23rd at just about any hotel, you're going to come up with some availability, which totally makes sense, right? The place mm-hmm. has been shut down for months and, and they're going to have that availability except for Coronado Springs, which has very few um, uh, rooms and room types available, which is is a little odd. Uh, and then you start to put it together when you know the property the way I do. Well, Coronado Springs is a pretty straight shot to the sports complex. You get there fairly easily uh, without much challenge. And the, the Coronado Springs is Disney's uh, primary convention hotel. It has over 20 uh, 220,000, that was tough for me to say, uh, square feet of convention space that can be configured into any number of things. You could configure that into workout facilities, into meeting rooms, into film rooms, or whatever you need it to be for the NBA. They're not going to have convention uh, activity. They don't have that in the summer uh, very much anyway, and they're not going to have that in the early fall if you know everything stays true to where we're expecting to reopen uh, here. It also has a very nice um section now which is a tower that was built where you could put you know the uh, more high profile folks who need to stay in the nicer and then the rest was completely refurbished again it's convention business they're trying to drive to upscale conventions as a health club as a spa has its own pool has a lake and a marina that you can play and um you know uh, rent boats and you know drive around this little lake that's completely self-contained within the resort and all that so so there's a lot of things going for it and that, and what triggered for me is adam silver kept saying it'd be campus to be campus style. Well, Coronado Springs exact format, how it is explained is it is a campus style resort with several mm-hmm. uh, buildings that are laid out campus style. So that one starts to make a lot of sense. Um, did, did you want to get into the sports complex? Uh, yeah, let, 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 no, let's, okay. no, let's get into that too. But the hotel stuff is, is interesting sure. to me because again, you, yeah. you need you need to have that kind of facility. And, and you talked earlier about being away from families. Okay, I talked to one agent of a prominent player who told me, he says, what, what people are not, this was about three weeks ago, This right after your article came out, actually, because we discussed it. And one of the things that he said was, he said, listen, one of the issues is that everybody thinks that, like, it's the player and maybe a couple people. He's like, but the star players, they got entourages. Yeah. It's not just one or two person. And it's not like entourage, like, okay, you know, like entourage on HBO. It's people that they need, right? It's, it's their, you know, it's, it's Mike Mancius travels with, with LeBron, right? And then he's got his own, okay? And uh, you know, on, on the Heat, Jimmy has some who travel with him, and there are others on other teams. And so it's not just it's not just a nuclear family. It's not just, you know, the wife and the kid, and, and that's it. There's others who are coming. I, I wonder, before we get to the facility, like, how do, do you expect all of these people to be invited to? And then, you know, for some of these – this even, you're talking about a training camp. Even if you – play a few games then go to a two out of three format for three rounds which is something i heard from some people and then you go four to seven in the finals you're still looking at six weeks you're still looking at eight weeks you're looking at you know potentially Giannis and lebron with their entourages you know in disney for two months how does that work yeah one of the things that that i was told pretty early on was 
players aren't going to want to do this if they're going to have to be completely separated from their families, which kind of goes back to that, you know, joking comment that the player made half joking of like, I'm ready for a break. I'm ready to get back to work. But um, then it came out of, you know, no, we would look at, you know, allowing them to bring family with them. And you're absolutely right. You know, we've all been at games where, you know, some of these guys roll, you know, 20, 30 deep into a game. And it's like, whoa, whoa, like, and these are road games sometimes. So it's like, where are all these people coming from? And it's, you know, it's, it's very, uh, it's very, you know, just kind of interesting to, to think through that part. But one of the things I was told was, it would be limited. You wouldn't be able to bring everybody, you know, you're not going to be able to bring your personal barber plus his cousin, you know, maybe it's only your personal barber who comes, you know, with you. I mean, I'm, you know, maybe making that up a little bit there, but, but <laughs> not with some guys. those are the things, no, definitely <laughs> not with some guys, you know, yeah, you're stylist, you're, you know, the, the, the guy who just holds your phone for you, you know, and those kind of things. And, you know, your second and third assistant, a lot of time it feels like it's a, a movie set you know, with, with these guys and some of the titles that they have, but it's, it sounds like they're open to, you know, Hey, some of these people can come. And the cool thing with Disney, whether it's all, everyone's at the Coronado Springs resort or they took over a couple different hotels or whatever, Disney has, you know, there's 34 hotels on property, 28, which are owned and operated by Disney. There's well over 20,000 available hotel rooms. They can do this with, with, I like to say relative ease because none of this is easy. Let's, you know, put that on the table, but I like to say relative ease because I think it makes a lot of sense um, there that Disney can do that and say, okay, so, you know, you're LeBron James, you need, you know, you need seven rooms. All right, well then, you know, here's seven rooms. If that's what it takes to make this work, we're going to make that work. But I think it would be more like, all right, we can't give you seven rooms, you know, or some of your guys are going to have to double up, you know, or whatever the case may be, but they're figuring that out. And I, and I was told today that Disney has started the process of, or what would it look like, you know, for NBA players in rooms, because let's face it, these, a lot of these guys are, you know, six foot 10 to, you know, seven foot five. They don't fit in a normal size hotel room. Now that happens and, when they're on the road anyway. But some, yeah, right. But on the road, but it's a little different at the Four Seasons of the Marriott. Yes, even the Marriott. Yes. Okay, or certainly the Westin or, or any of those properties. Uh, than it is and at way the more sport, rooms at, to accommodate. Yeah, yeah, way more rooms. Or that is at the sports resort. I mean, I've yeah. stayed at the sports oh, resort, sure. <laughs> and and it's basically a low end Holiday Inn. I like I, you. You are you know once you get inside, it hasn't been renovated in forever. It's small. The showers are small. I mean, I've stayed I've, again. I've stayed at all of these. I mean, you know, I'm I'm probably gonna go <laughs> book my room at Marriott World right now just to be safe. But like, they're gonna, you know, it's it's not gonna be comfortable. And and, and to me, it's the most comfortable of all the solutions. Okay, in yes. my view, but it's not gonna be comfortable. And and what's gonna be interesting for me is everybody, whether it's fans, players. The league is going to have to accept a certain amount of discomfort, and and even the fans, the, the not being able to be there, but also the asterisks are going to be put down next to certain things. Like there is going to have to be a certain amount of that. So, but yeah, I mean, I I I was that's for the first things I thought of. Like I, I wasn't comfortable at the sports resort the last time I stayed there. Like I I can't imagine Giannis is going to be, but it is. Yeah, it I, it, they're not going to be there. And even if- this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. They are. Those aren't going to be the rooms, you know, you and I are used to seeing there. They're going to do something a little bit different to them. But I, that's not, from what I've been told, that's not one of the, it's more about, um, uh, proximity to the sports complex to try to keep right. the bubble small while also fulfilling, you know, this is what the, the, you know, the NBA would need to house all these people here. So I think that is definitely um, where they're focused on the hotel side is, you know, let's get these guys in some place that's nice. Cordona Springs, like you said, completely redone um, over the last couple of years, uh, all the way, the older section completely refurbished. And then this brand new tower that just opened last year it hasn't even been open for a full year yet um, is all, you know, absolutely top of the line, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's to attract high scale convention business. And we all know that's, you know, the yeah. people who go to those, you know, that's big money in that. So that's, you know, really, really important. So, so yeah, I, I think they're going to make it work to figure that out. I, and I'm not, you know, saying it's definitely Coronado Springs. It just caught my eye that hmm, that's interesting that, you know, completely out of inventory. And that's a little weird when everything else is wide open. Keith, I have another question. So you mentioned it not being easy this time around and, you know, none of it being easy. I think the next not easy part that we got to talk about here is the fans. So, you know, it's been kind of talked about as if there's not going to be any fans at all. Somehow I was thinking about it. I was kind of doing some thought exercises and I wouldn't be surprised just kind of, you know, going through it. If the NBA were to try to squeeze in some fans, maybe at a very small, like 25% capacity and try to get creative with it where they get like fans sitting away from each other you know, maybe skip rows, skip seats, all types of things to squeeze as much money as they can and just try to get as much of a playoff atmosphere as you possibly can under the circumstances. Have you heard anything about those logistics and how they would try to figure that out? Yeah, I've been told 100% there will be no fans. Um, There's just, there's no way to control it um, because you're not going to quarantine the fans with the players. And I know there's been a lot of, you know, people saying it's not a real quarantine, it's not a real bubble in that, but they want it as close as it can be. And there's just, there, there, I was told there will be no fans. It won't be like that. It'll be like the old Orlando summer league, which was just teams yep. and team personnel. And then, you know, and some, some media, media and some scouts yeah. there. And, and, and I was even told um, by somebody, you know, media may be pretty limited. I was um, going to ask, okay. I, I selfishly, I was going to ask you that. Uh, cause, <laughs> cause I know, because I, I've been poking yeah, around, no, about, I hear you. around that yeah. too. And, you know, again, depending on the, I mean, you mentioned Orlando summer league. One of the reasons we liked Orlando Summer League, or I liked it, when it was in the small gym uh, or at the practice facility, you know, when it wasn't in the arena, 
was because you the proximity you had to the scouts to the yep. yeah it was terrific to the players I, in my view better than vegas you got to know the guys more yep. everybody everybody then stayed at the marriott that marriott property down the street and you'd be sitting there in the bar and there are walks in spolster for a drink and patrick ewing for a drink and it just it's just it, it, i mean it was a great environment for me i was very upset when they closed it down okay i know people you used to mock both. it compared to vegas I, well, of course you're there for sure <laughs> yeah uh but so i was but i am curious about the media thing because you know i feel like the 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 heat at least and i feel like the league have been very media responsive during all of this they have uh, i and the heat have done a ton of stuff to engage sort of their core beat writer group to make sure that we have sort of what we need and that their player availability and everything like they're not acting like we're done for the year like they're acting like they need us i'm curious again somewhat selfishly how the league balances that because if you're going to exclude all media, well, you probably just let the rights holders. So you just let ESPN in is that, I mean, and especially if it's on a Disney property um, again, we're all going to have to accept a certain amount of discomfort selfishly. That would kind of piss me off, but so I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what you think they would actually do with that. Yeah. So I've been told a number of different things. And I think it's, it really is dependent on who you talk to and what day there is. I talked to somebody two weeks ago. It was like, doesn't matter. We're not coming back. So just forget it. You know, and the question was simply like, Hey, if this does happen, do you think there'll be media at the single site? And the answer I literally got back was where it's done. The season's over. It's not happening. And here we are two weeks later and it's like, yay, let's go. This thing's, you know, off we go. Um, so I think it's just kind of dependent where you go with that. But one of the things I was told is the, even the broadcast crews, um, there's talk of, you know, do you call the games from a remote location like they do, you know, for a lot of the international events and the likes there. Uh, ESPN has a you know pretty extensive um, experience doing that. That's how they do a lot of the more of the streaming games that are on like ESPN Plus and ESPN3. A lot of times those broadcast crews, they're, they're not actually in the, you know, arena or, you know, stadium or wherever it is that the game's being played. So I've heard that. I've heard they're going to rely a lot more on the team um, in-house media, which yep. that's, you know, a little – you know, to me, I get it. You know, I get why you would do that. There are already, you know, NBA employees who work for the NBA. There's, you know, you're not assuming a lot of extra um, liability there. But their their motivations for telling a story are sometimes a little different than you know us who are. You know, well, they're a lot. They're they're a lot different. And I yeah, and, I, res- yeah. I, and I respect all those people yeah. a lot. But yeah. but they're they're not in a position to be objective. I, I think no, one of the I things agree. that they may try to do to maintain some objectivity is put media on zoom conference calls. Like I, like I, yep, I, I don't, I, I almost don't want, I almost don't want to suggest it publicly because I feel like that's what they're <laughs> no, going to tell yeah. us. Right. But, no, I but think I, that's I, exactly what's going to happen. I, right. Yeah. I think it's going to be in-house media ESPN. Yep. And then it's yep. going to be, Hey guys, uh, you saw that you saw us play last night. We're going to have uh, you know, we're going to have Bam out of bio on a call uh, at 11 o'clock. And we've already yep. seen this locally where like the dolphins, you know, have put on their draft picks and they had Tua and et cetera. Teams are already doing this. And that is one of my concerns going forward, again, selfishly, because once things are taken away, they don't come back. Yeah, and, that was and, the whole, you know, for me, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. when it was, you know, workloads in the locker room. Yes, yes. I, I got said that it on as an air. interim step, right? Yeah. Like, I totally got that. That made sense, again, when it looked like oh, we're only shutting down here for a couple of weeks and this is what it's going to look like and, and that. But I think the average person, you know, it's funny. I have a lot of, you know, you'll get people who will scream and yell at you of like, you know, you shouldn't be in there anyway. That's their space and blah, blah, right. blah. But then on the flip side, they are all like, Hey, what are they really saying? 
Well, they're right. not really saying it in a scrum or up at a podium and those kind of things. Like that's all a lot more uh, coached. It's a lot more sterile. It's, you know, a lot more uh, just it's, it's impersonal where, you know, where you really develop those relationships or when you're you know in there just chit-chatting with a guy mm. or you're at shoot-around or practice and you grab somebody for, you know, five, ten minutes and just, you know, you, you just kind of catch up. And, and for me, being in Orlando, I see a lot of the teams, you know, when they come through on the road. And that's mm-hmm. how I'm, you know, catching up with people. So, so I'm with you on that. But, but I do think that could be it. You know, hey, you watch the game on TV. Um, here's the three people we're making available, you know, for the yep. post game press conference, and it's you know via Zoom or even a conference call or whatever it is. And you know, and that's just going to be how we do it. And it, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me though if they, you know, say, you know, all right, well, we're gonna you know allow media in, but you got to be checked, and you're gonna have to be part of the bubble and stay in. And, well, I hope I that, that that's what I hope, and I, and yeah. my my hope best case scenario is that that's what they decide and they say we're going to have a limited number of media we're going to limit it to the people who cover the team regularly or have covered the team a long time and and that's it and and you know they they handle it with those outlets or those people and it's a small number but I know you know I know what happens then too because then you know you have every local tv station you've got the and and this and then you have bloggers and then it starts to add up and so I I I get it. I know why they would want to contain it, but my concern with all these things, we're going to go to break and do some quick cap stuff with you. But like my concern with all these things is always that whenever something goes away, it doesn't come back. And, and my, my worry is they're going, Oh, the zoom thing is great. You know, we don't even need it. We don't need anybody in the locker room anymore. And all these people who say they don't want us in the locker room are the same people who are giving us 25,000 views on the locker room videos that we're getting right after the game. So <laughs> and, I, and they're the same ones who want the insider perspective, the inside which, scoop which of what's going on. You're not exactly, getting exactly, a it, press conference. It, it, Absolutely. All right. We're going to talk about some cap stuff in a second. I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's Christopher's Bakery. We had our friend Courtney Harris on a pod with us recently. He's a big Heat fan. It was great stuff. You can follow him at Nilla Wafer Cakes on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Christopher's Bakery is named after Courtney's brother, who unfortunately passed away from a seizure at just 11 years old. They partner with Miami Nicholas Children's Hospital and set up a fund where they donate a portion of the sales to epilepsy neuroscience research, since that's where they spent much of his life. But the signature product is a vanilla wafer cake. I've had it with the chocolate chips. It's delicious. It was created over 30 years ago by Courtney's father. They've got several other cake options available as well. They ship all across country. They can even hand deliver here in South Florida once COVID goes away. Hopefully we're getting closer to that, but they can still deliver all over the country. And they've created a website page, Christopher'sBakery.com backslash five reasons, spell it out F I V E reasons. And the code is also five reasons, F I V E reasons. And you'll get 15% off your order. So it's Christopher's bakery and the Twitter handle, Facebook, Instagram is at N I L L A wafer cakes and now let's get back to the app all right so um let's get to some some rapid fire cap stuff with you here first thing what do you think we're looking at because keith's an expert in this area too what do you think we're looking at in terms of a decline in the cap over the next couple of years yeah i think what you're going to see is some form of special bargaining done uh, between now and next year. As Adam Silver said, the CBA was not built to assume a loss of billions of dollars. It just wasn't set up that way. No no one anticipated this, and you better believe they'll anticipate it going forward. But I think you're going to see them do some form of special bargaining where rather than just simply let the BRI formula take in the, the BRI basketball um, related income, bring that in and then figure out the split and drive the cap off that. 
which quite frankly, that could drive a cap down as low as $90 million where we're hearing, you know, it could be the cap is 109 million roughly right now. We're hearing 20 to 30 million drop. So if that happens now, you know, what does that really look like? And that that's a mess. That's a mess for all sorts of people in the league and teams would be, you know, tax teams and guys who are free agents, all of a sudden their max contracts are, you know, really not, you know, very good comparatively to what they would have been. So I think you're going to see some form of special bargaining, which puts a bottom on how, on how low the cap can drop. So that way they kind of protect for everybody. It's a, it's a form of cap smoothing, but this time rather than slowly phase in, um, you know, raises versus the big cap spike, they're trying to uh, avoid a big cap valley, which then only causes problems when in, let's say a couple of years, things seem like they're back to normal and things are flowing the way they should. Um, they don't want to then have another, you know, you know, $15 million cap spike because that created a lot of issues around the league and a lot of problems for a lot of teams and players and the like. I've heard, you know, some teams have suggested that the idea of an amnesty clause has been pitched, you know, bring back a one-time amnesty, you know, and those kind of things. I've heard, you know, things as like, you know, we'll protect player salaries, but eliminate the luxury tax. You know, if, if this is where the cap drops to and those kind of things. And and it's 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 interesting. I, I do have to wonder if this was like it was last summer with a you know all-time historically great free agent class, if there'd be a different feeling versus this year, which is really a pretty terrible free agent class. If mm-hmm. you know some folks might feel a little bit different, but I but I think you're gonna see see them really do some some things where they lock into to a number because the good news in all this is the NBA and the NBA Players Association have a really good relationship. You know, compared to something like Major League Baseball, where it looks like they're actively doing everything they can to not play, you know, maybe ever again, the way they're all acting, um, they're really trying to work together to make this thing happen, get this season back on board, and then make sure everybody's taken care of long term. And I think that's something that's really important. So the smoothing thing, that's kind of what's been on my mind. It feels like that's going to be something that ends up happening to whatever degree. I don't know. It feels... if. <laughs> It feels like out of the question where, you know, all of a sudden, if you cut the cap by like 27 million and all of a sudden teams are gutting their their teams and 27 teams are in luxury tax, somehow I don't think that scenario ends up happening. The idea that you pitched just now of uh, taking away the luxury tax is kind of interesting. I, I kind of like that just for the, like a one-time thing. But the smoothing, that's been the one that stuck to my head. What do you think a possible uh, cap smoothing scenario would look like? And, and the amnesty thing as well, because uh, – like, could you see somebody like Chris Paul or John Wall or, or Wiggins maybe getting amnesty? What type of players do you think would, would, would get that? Yeah, I don't think a guy like Chris Paul, I think he's played too well. He's, you know, arguably going to be an all-NBA guy. So I think he's you know, lived up to that contract. It doesn't look quite like it might have looked a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not worried about that. But, yeah, a guy like John Wall, if the Wizards felt like, you know, eh, we're not sure if this guy's going to get back. And, you know, those kind of things, you could see them wipe a contract like that off the books. You could see, you know, a team like the Knicks, who maybe has buyer's remorse on a guy like Julius Randle. You know, let's knock that contract off the books. Uh, those are the kind of things. I think you're looking at the, the the good news is for the NBA right now is there's not this uh, uh, ton of terrible contracts like there 
you know, always was for years. Right. Um, you know, and that's been always whenever the amnesty clause has come in, it's been because a very tangible change has been made in the CBA and they're trying to allow teams to protect. This time around, you're going to have teams that are going to be like, well, wait a minute. We've managed our books pretty well. You know, we don't have any bad contracts. Why are we giving a get out of jail free card to, you know, dummy who signed, you know, mm-hmm. you know, player X to a big extension that they never should have signed them to anyway. That's not our fault. You know, why are we going to help them out and put them in a good position? Well, unless Keith, they want the player like, I, Correct. so, okay. And that's so, true. Uh, so yep. let's look at it from the heat's perspective since that's where we are. So I'm looking at a couple of these names and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know how Pat's mind works. Um, <laughs> I mean, what could you still squeeze out of Blake Griffin next to yeah. Ben Adebayo? Yeah. Um, right? I mean, Chris Paul, I mean, they, John Wall, right? Chris yeah. Paul, John Wall. I think all yeah. three of those guys, like literally, he would take them right now and put them yep. on the team. Yeah, especially that. you're not you're not on the hook for the because let's be clear when they when the players amnesty amnestied um they still get the full amount of yes. their salary it's just yes. wiped off the books the team yes. still has to pay that amount to them so in this case let's use blake griffin the pistons are still on the the hook for the you know 30 plus million and they just owed. got off josh smith right <laughs> yeah, like, just, yeah, just, yep, just came <laughs> off the well we'll just come off the books for for the next season um but yeah they 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 still have to pay him, but that's no longer charged to the salary cap. So then the Heat say, "Hey Blake, you want a minimum contract because right. you're still making thirty plus million. Sure, why it not? It doesn't Let's even go. have to be a minimum for the Heat if the, if the cap doesn't go down too much Correct. because the Heat yeah. was in the fourth, I believe, yeah. uh, with the trades at the deadline, got themselves into the fourth. I wish they probably wish they hadn't signed that Iguodala extension now, but they got themselves into that fourth position among teams against the cap right now. And, you know, again, when I've had conversations with those inside the organization, they basically said, look, we'll see what the cap is and we'll figure it out. Okay. And that's the way that they operate. But I just, I'm looking at the Blake thing and I'm saying, all right, it's one thing to say you're going to trade three pieces for Blake Griffin, but it's another thing saying you can offer him a few million dollars to come down and, you know, evolve into the game that he had evolved into anyway, which I mean, how do, how do we feel about the fit next to Bam, Alex? It's pretty good, right? I would think. For Blake? Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm with that. Especially with no, you know, not having to pay forward. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a, like epitome of a heat redemption Pat Riley project right there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just like all the others, to be honest yep. with you. He's not that old. And if he gets hurt, it's not the end of the world. It's and like just past his prime, but w- would still be good in, in the right situation. It fits right I, into the mold. I don't know. It's perfect. And you don't have to flip Hero Nun, Akpala, or any of the other pieces that you have on the roster. I mean, even, even look, I, I agree. Chris Paul's not going anywhere. That, that, yeah. uh, uh, he's too valuable even at this stage. And like you said, the con- well, the contract's going to look even more ridiculous, you know, when the cap goes down. But I mean, it's going to be like half of the cap. But, but still, he's been pretty, da- pretty damn good. John Wall is a more interesting one who we talked about a lot before the season because we were like, would you take him back in a deal with Beal as a negative? But again, if he's not costing you anything, and he's a true point guard, which honestly the Heat do not have right now. I mean, Dragic is the closest thing, but they don't have one on the roster. It's supposed to be Winslow. It's not none. Uh, and Jimmy's, Jimmy, it's Jimmy and Bam basically. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I think that would be really interesting. I right, one more for you, Keith. Sure. Um, and and then we'll kind of kind of let you go. The uh, Anthony Davis and Giannis. Uh, how are their situations affected? by what's happened and whether or not there's a season because here's been my theory. You tell me if I'm you welcome on this podcast to tell me I'm wrong. I think Anthony Davis stays in LA no matter what now 
mm-hmm. especially if they don't have a chance to make the run. Uh, and especially because the max he gets somewhere else is not going to be as significant as it would have been. So why would you leave the situation he's in now? But my feeling is that with Giannis, this may push him closer to the door if it's not a legitimate – I mean, they were in position to win a championship, and now there's a bunch of variables that are thrown in. Whether you, Even if you have a season, he's got a lot of old guys on his team. I don't know how they're going to come back from this, like a Corver and some of these guys. I even Kyle keeps himself in great shape, but they've got older guys. Brooke Lopez, George Hill – They've got and the bones may creak a little bit. They may not get back into shape quite as quickly. It takes older players longer. What if they don't win this year and then he's got one year to try to win before he's a free agent? How does this affect those two guys in particular? Yeah, I think it's a little bit different for each guy. If you look at um, uh, Anthony Davis, he was highly likely to opt out of his player option for next year and become a free agent, and then. I think he was staying in LA almost no matter what. I think you know, it would have had to be a spectacular failure in the playoffs where he also got blamed for everything um, <laughs> going wrong, you know, for him to leave. I mean, he, you don't spend a, a half a year angling to get to a place just up and leave it. Um, you know, but what he was eligible for with the Lakers was, uh, you know, first year salary. If the cap came in at the 115 million projection, 34.5 million in the first year, total five years, $200 million contract. Now, if it drops, eh, who knows? You know, it might not be that. It might be lower. Well, what if what if it locks in at this year's number? Or they go down to, you know, let's say a hundred million or something like that. Everything starts to lower down, and that's where all of a sudden he's not eligible for quite as much money. And that's where people start saying, like, well, he'll still opt out. He'll sign a two plus one, and then that puts him on the bronze timeline and all those things. Could that happen? Sure, it could happen. But I look at it as a lot of times with NBA players, they take the money, the most money when they can get it because they're so very conscious of, I snap my Achilles tomorrow, it's all gone. Then, right. you know, there it is. And that's you know, just a reality of you'll be a professional athlete. Now, Giannis, a little bit different, right? He's eligible for the so-called Supermax because he's won an MVP. He's got that, you know, locked in. He may win a second one this year, but it won't really matter. Um, so he could sign that Supermax. Wouldn't kick in next year. Next year, he's still under contract for, you know, what sounds like a you know relative bargain of $27.5 million for him. Um, but it would start with the 2021 season um it through 2022 and then could run for the five years and that could be a, you know, a massive contract for him and that is something that i think you really have to look at with a guy like him just is again or is the is the number going to be there or does Giannis say you know what let's wait this out let's wait one more year of the contract and see where it goes then you have the factor that you mentioned of this was going to be a big run for them. If they you know rampage their way to the title like they were in the regular season, I think Giannis looks at it and says, yeah, it's not going to be any better for me anywhere else. Why would I leave? I want a title. They can give me the most money. I'm, I'm staying here in Milwaukee. I always tend to look at it too with a, Kawhi Leonard. A lot of people like to say, well, Kawhi didn't. Kawhi's a very different dude. He is completely different than most other NBA superstars. Um, he's just differently motivated. He's a guy that's, you know, really, quite frankly, hard to get a real handle on. But a guy like Giannis, there's two things for me that go into it is, you take a lot, you take the most money when you can get it. We all know how the NBA works. If you're unhappy in a year or two, you start forcing, you know, a trade and you start you know, doing all the things that NBA players can do. I'm not saying he would do that, but he could. The other thing that I think about a lot with him as well is he being a foreign born player, a lot of times the foreign players tend to stay in a market a lot longer than um, the American born players do because when they come to the United States in that first place, 
that's home for them. And for Giannis, Milwaukee is home. He really, in a lot of ways, grew up there. You know, um, I know he grew up in Greece, but but as a you know, as he matured into an adult, it's all been in Milwaukee. He, that that's been the only home he's known in the United States. Dirk Nowitzki talked about it extensively. A big chunk of the reason why he never wanted to leave Dallas was that was the only American home he knew was Dallas. And I think that does matter. I don't think that can be overlooked with these these guys who were foreign born because it's, you know, t- something there. I even think about a guy like Goran Dragic, who has really said the two places he's felt, you know, really only felt at home was Phoenix and that ended kind of poor reform and then Miami. Right. You know, and I think think that's, you know, really important is, yeah, you know, those guys, it makes a lot of sense, you know, when you start looking at it from that respect, why those guys aren't, aren't as quick to up and leave because it's, this is home for them. This is, you know, where they want to be. Parker, Ginobili, um, didn't, I mean, Tony until the end when he was forced, yep. but otherwise they didn't leave. Uh, Akeem Olajuwon, if you want Kukoc, to go back. Akeem. Yeah. That's true, actually. I mean, uh, that it's sort of an interesting strategy, too, if you're a team owner like Cuban, who's gone for, for Dirk and then for Luca. Yep. to bring in guys who you think would associate with the market and not want to leave there. Alex, did you have anything else before we let Keith off the hook here? Uh, no, I think we went through everything. Yeah, I, it's, it's great stuff. I mean, follow Keith Smith, NBA, you were out of front. I mean, you kind of, I don't know, you're like the secret. Like you sort of willed this into existence. Uh, I only hope for this. You know what? If they let one media person in, other than, <laughs> other, other than Clutch Sports, uh, I'm sorry, ESPN, uh, oh. If they let, if, if they let, if they let one, if they let, I know a lot of the people at clutch, but I mean, it's gotten ridiculous. Uh, if they let one person in, it should be Keith. It should be Keith and uh, you can leave Paul Pierce at home. And that's basically what we'll do. You'll go in for Paul Pierce who today decided that LeBron was not a top five player. I uh, put Kobe Keith ahead of Celtics him. fan, right? I don't think he likes that comedy. You're making. <laughs> I, I, I just Keith, that that I'm sorry, that ESPN list was ridiculous. Or he was okay? a Celtics fan. I, I, well, you can't be a yeah, fan. Yeah, that's, that's the better way to put it. I, I've you know lost a lot of the fandom yeah. since doing this. I tried try to be a little bit more objective, but I did grow up a Celtics fan, and you know Paul Pierce was my guy. Let's put it that <laughs> way. I don't agree with everything he has done. I prefer to think of him as Paul Pierce, the Boston Celtic, versus Paul Pierce, the media personality most days. Well, I think the heat broke him. I think LeBron and Dwayne broke him. Like, he's just, I don't know, he can't get over it. It's its amazing. But that ESPN list was total garbage. I'm sorry. Because we talked about it the other day. They got like 72 Celtics. I mean, Jerry Seasting was in the 71st spot on the all-time, <laughs> all-time greatest players right behind Scott Wedman. I thought they went way, <laughs> way, way, way too far trying to find white Celtics to add to their list. I was about uh, to ask if that was true, and then I was like, that cannot be true. No, 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 it's true. Check out, check out ML. <laughs> Car, he, he, ML Car is in others receiving votes. Uh, Keith, appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Check him out at Keith Smith NBA. Check out our sponsors again, Christopher'sBakery.com backslash Five Reasons. Make sure you spell it out. Use the code Five Reasons spelled out for fifteen percent off. And of course, our new sponsor, You Break It, We'll Fix It. So check out their site. Check out their work on Instagram. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, 
the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.